30? 30? Number 30! Episode 30! We made it to 30 episodes, y'all. Can't believe when I started this this podcast, the Creation Grounds, that we'd make it this far to 30. But we're going. Um, we've had some incredible guests on, and this next guest is no exception. Um, Freddie Fulton, I met uh, about two two years ago. Um, cool dude doing a reading, and he's a Columbia grad, Columbia MFA grad. Cool cat, very talented brother, and I thought I'd have him on this um, podcast, and I'm not disappointed, and you won't be either. On this episode, we talk about a lot of different things, and we build a lot. He talks about, basically, people of color in the industry. He talks about the difference between grinding and self-care. He talks about um, some of his top memories at Columbia, what his experience was growing up in Arkansas, and what it truly means for those winning around you and why is it important to support those who are winning around you and uh what else do we talk about we talk about a lot in this man it was really cool it was just like it was it was so organic it was just dope he's a cool person desperate for great things and i know you're gonna enjoy this episode as well welcome to the podcast freddie fulton for episode What's up, Creation Grounds? I have Freddie Fulton with me, who lives in New York City. He's from Arkansas, and we're just going to dive right in. Um, so you have a keen interest in poetry, right? <laughs> what moments or moment led you to your interest in poetry? Man, I really have to go back into like my first introduction to rap, man. I, I, I take that as just a gateway of a lot of things, even like how I view art in general. Um, I think hip hop and rap are like completely different. Hip hop is a culture, and I was introduced to that early. But rap as a genre is an acronym that means rhythm and poetry. Mm-hmm. And so, being around that and being from the South and from older parents, it was like rap and blues playing at the same time. And so to hear that poetry, like it's it's so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school, I I did tournaments where we competed. And I would take uh, poetry pieces of like Nikki Giovanni or David Farrar, and I would have to perform them to try to win. And it was just then that I was like, this is, I like this, I like this. And it was one moment where I um, was writing my own pieces, and someone just broke and shattered my entire world of saying, like, you don't have to rhyme. Mm-hmm. And coming from, like, the hip-hop and the blues, you know, you always have to have that rhyme to keep people going. And when they did it, it just opened up a world of possibilities. And I think, like, that's what poetry has been for me. So it's always, like, as I evolve as a person, I hope my poetry does the same. That's fire. You got any lines, like, or a favorite poem that you've written? Oh, that my you want, Or, like, a line or a favorite like, uh, stanza? <laughs> oh, you wanna, you wanna hit us wow. Um, that you want to share? That I want to share. I could probably look it up. It's, hmm, favorite line of poetry. It doesn't have to be yours, either. It could be, like, somebody else's. It's when you ask this that I yeah. probably have gone blank. Um, we can come back to it. Yeah, let's let's come back to it. Let's come back to it, please. All right. <laughs> All right, cool. So you're from Arkansas. You're mm. one of the, I think I know, I've met two people from Arkansas my whole life. And you were the first. So your home state of Arkansas, how has that like shaped 
and molded you as a person did it what influence from arkansas do you still carry with you to the day to this day to harlem to to wherever you are in the world in your career and your life i am so happy and like blessed when people even ask me where i'm from and i enjoy answering little rock arkansas that's just that's my place that's where i know that raised me and that changed me to being the person that I am. I also have like older parents and they are part of it. Um, they are, are part of like the Arkansas community. So it's kind of was like in the roots right. of, of everything that I saw and everything that I did. Um, but it, it made me view the world completely different. In Little Rock, uh, particularly, it's, um, it's like a small big city. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's the capital of Arkansas, but when you go to it, if you've been to like a bigger city, you're kind of like, oh, this is all it is. But for me, Little Rock has um, everything. Right. Uh, you could take three lefts and you find this country, bare place of where you see cows and all of this. And you take like three lefts and you're like, oh, this is downtown area. Oh, wow. And then maybe three more lefts and you're in a in a hood that you're not supposed to be in. Right. <laughs> or like a hood that you live in. Um, and I enjoyed that because everything was so close. And right. it brought a different culture for everything. And then I went to Little Rock Central High School. Um, which was known for um, the desegregation that happened at it with the Little Rock Nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And with that having about 6,000 students in it, it was like its own little city, and it and it had every single type of person that I, I ever will meet in the future of life. Like people coming from privilege and people not. And you have to know how to maneuver that. So that's I think that's what it made me. It made me a better artist because I had to communicate with all types. Of people. Of people. That's dope, man. So you had like the diversity, you know, and the history too of the mm-hmm. that um the desegregation of that school. Um tell me, was there a particular moment when you decided you wanna be an actor? Or like what was what caused you to be an actor? Did you were you watching something? Did you just have a desire? Where did that come from for you? I think it was like two specific moments, and then I'm going to answer in a weird way, so I'm going to throw. The first moment, um, I always knew I wanted to be on stage, kind of, but I wanted to be a stand-up comedian at first. In my head, like as a child, Uh I was like, yeah, I'm going to be up there. I'm going to be like Eddie Murphy. I'm going to be this. And then... It's not too late. (laughs) It is. It's not too late. It's not too late. Dream. Um, but it hit me even as a kid, like, wow, that's hard to always be on, to always be funny. Yeah. And it just grew tough. And I was like, okay, shift gears. And then I went the sports route. And after middle school, going into high school, I remember that summer, I don't know what the heck possessed me but I had already signed up for drama classes and I was just so excited about this I was having a conversation with my mom and my cousin's like yeah yeah I'm gonna be in drama I'm gonna do this I'm gonna (laughs) do that drama 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 and I get to drama class and I love my teacher and then the next year I have the same teacher and so 10th grade they perform uh, Susical the Musical Mm -hmm. 
I remember watching it, and it was a black cat in the hat. I, I, and and he was just killing it. And I was like, oh, I want to do that. I want to I want to do that. I want to be the cat in the hat. And he, like, got off stage, and I remember walking up to him. and was like, hey, how can I get on stage? That's funny. And he was like, audition for the play. And I told uh, my teacher at that time, and she was like, well, they have auditions for the spring uh, play next month. Right. And she was like, and now that you told me this, if you don't audition for it, you're going to fail the class. Oh, damn. And so mm. she she really forced me because after saying that, you know, you you talk a big game until somebody actually calls you out on it. <laughs> right, so right. it was times where I was like, well, I'm just going to be sick that day. And then I'll be <laughs> like, you know, I was sick. I missed it. But I showed up, auditioned, and it was for a completely different teacher. Mm-hmm. And she was like, yeah, Freddie. And I got casted like... It was double cast. It was me and another uh, upperclassman, and we both got, like, the lead role. And, like, Fire. being on stage, right there, I said, this is what I want to do with the rest of my life. Forget being out there in the heat running bleachers. Right. <laughs> I'm going to be in the air condition, and I'm going to do all this. Yeah, I'm going to do all this. Yeah. So, what, what sport did you play? I didn't know that. Uh, football something? and basketball. Okay, fire. Yeah. Fire. So, <laughs> that was it was nice. And it also, like, it instilled a lot of like work ethic in, yeah. in me now like i i enjoy my time in football i enjoy my time in basketball even though like i knew early on this might not i'm not gonna make it to the league right but some of the lessons that i learned i, w- I will never never forget and i'm so thankful for those lessons that's dope so what moves you what moves you what inspires you uh you know it could be your poetry it could be art could be nature what 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 inspires you what moves you what moves me is truly love um i sound like common right now (laughs) (laughs) that's fine that's real though i look around at the community um and even like us as just a people and i feel like we have so much given to us and so much that we lean on Mm -hmm. that we forget like the basic need for love and to love each other. Yeah. Um, and I think art is a way to break down those walls, uh, to showcase how truly important it is to have that connection and to showcase it throughout anything, through any media, through poetry, through movies, through TV through paintings and all of that it, it invokes feelings in us to connect and to talk about it and I think that inspires me because as a as a child um, my parents were divorced twice oh. um, so early on I only grew up with my mom so I didn't have my dad um, and I remember I used to watch all of these shows that had a black male figure father figure and mm-hmm. I'd be like that is my that's my goal of how to be a good man you know and and it's and it's put in that and it's like oh what did they all do they all showcase love in a completely 
different way but it was something that like a character needed i go to like the carl winslow's and how he would love his son eddie and love his daughter laura and then also love steve urkel who was not even a part of his family but destroyed everything in his house you know i go to like the uncle phil's and how he loved carlton and loved all of his daughters and then loved will who was not even like his nephew right but it showcased me a lot and just like how we even as a community just need to be able to showcase that that's fire man i've actually never heard anybody put it that way i think that's beautifully said in terms of like breaking down the walls um that's what and how that's how it connects us that's that's dope man <laughs> um so from arkansas come from little rock there's cows you turn down the uh, corner it could be a different it could be a hood all this kind of stuff and then you find yourself in new york city tell me about the day you got to new york for the first time oh Golly. Um, do you mean first time visiting, first time for like the final call back of Columbia or which one was most memorable for you? Golly, most memorable. I think it would be the call back for Columbia, I the final so call. Too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um so after getting the the final call back, I was really nervous to come back up here because come here. Yeah, come back up here because I visited when I was in high school, but it was just like Oh, it's New York. I'm yeah. 18. I can't really do anything. This time it was like, oh my God, this school is calling me back. And I got an audition. And at that point, I never wanted to go to New York. Wow. I, because I never thought, this is going to sound like weird. It was a point that I, I worried if I was good enough to be in a bigger city yeah. to compete on that level. And. I think that fear actually made the blessing happen. Yeah. And it made it forced me to like need it head on. And so when New York called, I was like, "Uh-oh, it's calling." Yeah. And so coming here, I was like, "Okay. We're here. We're just going to audition. We're just going to have fun. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what we're going to do. That's what they tell us to do." And the funny thing is uh they were having the final callbacks at this building, this Nash building. And I was like, okay. I wake up early. I know exactly where. Got in the cab. Take me to Columbia. I got to Columbia. Looked around. It's like, I don't see nothing that says Nash building. So I go up to the security guys like, where's Nash? And they were like, it's 16 blocks that way. And this is like 15 minutes before the final callback Damn. that I'm on Columbia. I was, I was like, freaking out. What? It's 16 blocks, and everything is rushing through my head. You just came from Little Rock, Arkansas. You're not supposed to be here. What is your decision? You either go go back home, just say forget it, or you gonna walk and be late. I said forget it, run. And right. so we just I just <laughs> booked it. So I just going down all Harlem, 16 blocks, just running. Get there, and I make it there on time, and then. Audition, and have football fun. Training, bro. Just football the training. It came, the exactly the bleachers. <laughs> it came in handy. <laughs> you never know what the lessons is for. Yeah. So, so at your at Columbia, which is a fantastic program, tell me about the moment that you were studying the craft. You know, and that you had a breakthrough. That's been key to your growth as an actor. Like, what's is there a moment where you're either creating a role or like a, a mm. lesson that a teacher has given you that's like been like that that right there that has helped me grow as an actor or you learn something from a character what is that breakthrough moment or you it might have not happened yet but you kind of reach for it in every role that you play i 
I think it started with there's this constant thing of like don't judge your character, mm-hmm. right? Um, because you know, as an actor, sometimes we we will play the villain. Mm-hmm. I mean, some of us actually enjoy playing the villain, or, or some of us uh, play people who make decisions that we just say, "Why did they do this?" Mm-hmm. Um, and it was this one professor. No, oh, can, can we say names? Yeah. yeah. Oh, okay. Please, <laughs> names, um, Greg Mosier, and he he broke it down, and he was just like, "Know that every character is about five steps away from where you are now." Mm-hmm. Like, you, you can't play a character like it's not you. And I don't know why, but he said it, and it hit me. It mm. just, like, boom. I was like, oh, you're right. I think the best lessons in art will help you in life. And this lesson helped me view people in a completely different light. Because I think about where I was at home. Like, man, I didn't come from a, a very privileged home. Like, mm. we... Yeah, we were in the hood. I'm not. I'm not allowed to wear. But I understand like my circumstances match some other people's circumstances, and I think of the choices that I made and the choices that someone else made, and where that they where they ended up. Mm-hmm. And it's not to say like they made bad decisions. Mm-hmm. It's to say I could have made those same decisions and right. been where they are. So it's like a huge blessing. I understand where you're coming from. Yeah. Like, it's like, and you have that empathy form as well. It's like, it's that's real. That's and, real. and I think like that's the thing that comes with every character that you get. It's supposed to teach you how to be a better person, how to um, look at people completely different and just be a better human. Right. That's dope, man. Yeah. So, so dream roles, any dream people that you want to collaborate with and why? Oh my gosh, I think dream roles, that's a hard one to answer. I think it's some roles that, that are written that I'm like, yeah, I want to do this. I'm, like, Lord knows I want to be like Boy Willie. Yeah, you that's know? a dope role. That's, that's, it's it's yeah. dope. I want to be like Sterling. I, I want to I wanna have that opportunity. Um, and I know we were talking earlier about like Raising the Sun. So Walter Lee is like, is like there. But I also think of things that like transformed me in life yeah um things that i watched uh, from film or television and i know that they weren't it wasn't like an iconic role halfway like it wasn't which role uh when, when i think of when i think of things uh that moved me let's say if we go to the 90s we go to like love and basketball we go to um the wood we go to brown sugar and love jones these were real people but their names were not real like they were written for that moment and they were written for the specific person so i'm just going to claim that my role is written i just don't know this name i feel you yeah i'll I'll be with you on that (laughs) yeah it's coming your way it's 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 coming my way and uh dream people that i want i'm old school so i'm gonna i'm gonna say some people that like first that inspired me um, and made me think of like creatives in a different way. Keenan Ivory Wins, um, and Robert Townsend. Yeah. Let me oh my gosh, like their mindset of what they created and how many people like they touched and influenced. Yeah. And their peers, how often they put their peers on. It's so crazy to me that sometimes I can go around and have a conversation with like older people 
and we're talking about like you know the five heartbeats of the temptations mm-hmm. and people like merge these two and it's like yeah but the five heartbeats wasn't even a real group right exactly you know it's like but it's the culture like it's this. it's in the culture yeah. and it's like how how often these two individuals have influenced the culture yeah. i would love to just either sit down and have a conversation with them or sit down and like create something with them um no. and now like come on now Issa Rae she's on you know she's just i'm just like let's 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 do it you know Jordan Peele like yeah. let's let's do the thing let's, let's do, do the damn thing let's, let's do it heard it here first so when he's when he's working with both of these you can look back <laughs> And be like, yep, we made it happen. Spoken in existence. So what specific moment in a film, TV, or play is your favorite? You Goodness. mentioned some hitters, man. You mentioned Love Jones. You mentioned The Wood. You know what? You're right. So I'm going to have to go to my favorite one of, like, one that I will play for my son over and over again. Oh, my goodness. I just thought of another movie that I probably would. But I'm going with The Wood. Mm-hmm. And it's... This moment is kind of like an arc. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go with the flashback to the dance. Yeah, yeah. I enjoyed the entire setup of younger Mike not knowing how to dance, but wanting to dance with this particular person. And he was so hyped. But when they showed his dance move, you knew he was not supposed <laughs> right. to dance. Right. And then that night, Everything was just wrong. They get dropped off, and they like, oh, shoot, my breath stinks. We need to go to the gas station. Right. They go to the gas station, gas station, <laughs> get robbed. And then while he's getting robbed, they figure out it's the brother of the girl that he wants. Then he gets in the car, and I think one of the most beautiful moments happens. Like, they get pulled over and stuff like that, but they park in front of the dance. Everybody gets out except Mike and the brother and if you know the wood you also know that him and the brother had a fight early on mm-hmm. but the brother looks him in the eyes and he's like you like my sister don't you mm-hmm. and then with all the fear and all the awkwardness <laughs> in the world he like actually confesses it and then Stacy the brother he looks at Mike and he said my sister loves that Luther Vandross song that moment right there even speaking about it right now like it it just hit me all in the fields because it was a brother understanding just like you know what you a good dude yeah and let me let you know i see that you a good dude Mm. and i don't know that just hit me that hit me and then afterwards when the song came on first of all i love luther vandross so when the song came on i was like oh that's it that's it that's it that's the song it's fire, man. Yeah. yeah, it's a good movie, man. It's a classic. And in this <clears> industry, you know, we've come a long way in terms of uh, opportunities for for artists of color. Mm-hmm. Um, what kind of restrictions do you think an artist of color has in this industry, if any at all? And then what kind of opportunities are they uh, presented as well? Oh, my God. I think... Oh, we got so many restrictions, but I, I'm going to try to <laughs> keep it. I think the restrictions lie higher than sometimes that we then we attack and we swing at um i think of right now currently what is what's her name uh scarlett johansson just mm-hmm. came out um and she's doing a role i think that she doesn't 
that people don't see her identifying as. Mm-hmm. Um, and her response was, as an actor, just like, I should be able to play any role that's given to me. And for a moment, I was like, I understand what you're saying, mm-hmm. but it's also you're at a point where you don't have to accept all these roles. And and then I was going back and forth with my own head of just like, is she right? Is she wrong? But then it hit me. It shouldn't have gone to her in the first place. Right. The problem doesn't lie with the artist saying yes or no to a particular project. Mm-hmm. The problem lies with people saying, hey, I have this role that has, has these specific... Um, descriptions and I'm going to give this to Scarlett Johansson right and I think that is a main restriction that we all find ourselves in that stuff like that is going to get handed to people that sometimes don't look like us and don't experience the same love and joy that we experience and for people of color sometimes we are forced to watch the same people Mm -hmm in different stories and we're like but it's more of us out here it's different looks I think of it like if aliens came down and only knew about our movie culture Mm. like humans from movie culture they would think James Brown Thurgood Marshall and Jackie Robinson uh, all look like Chad Woodbozeman. That's facts. And the crazy thing is, all three of them have different skin tones. Mm-hmm. And I like this. Not me coming for Chadwick. Why, why? I understand they would black offer Panther, me. Bro. They would offer, exactly. I ain't got no problems with Black Panther. Please, Wakanda forever. <laughs> invite me in. Um, but it's crazy to me to think like that. Yeah. Like we love. Like it was at a point that we loved Denzel. Yeah. Denzel was not Malcolm X and Martin Luther King. Right. You know, um, I think that we just need to I don't I can't say what we need to do. It just seems like we fall into that problem of what is handed and who it's handed to. Right. Like there's one person who kinda like is holding the the whole I understand what you're saying, man. Yeah. Yeah. So I think that's our attack should be a little bit higher than crap. I don't. I don't know if I actually asked the question correctly. You did. You did. Okay. It's, cool. It's not, it's not about correct. It's that's. It's a discussion. I, I think that's. I think that's dope. I've actually never. You actually. I had a aha moment, like a light bulb moment, because I've actually never thought of the perspective of if an alien looked at black people through the lens of media, it wouldn't be an accurate portrayal yet of of who we are so that's dope that's that's an insight I never had before yeah. so I think that's that's um that's dope and it's it's real real and it's truth um what does grinding mean to you oh, it was another part of that oh. question let me um oh, uh, the opportunities. opportunities yeah yeah um the opportunities that we have now um I think are you know social media is taking so much like it's just blowing up and you have technology at your hand that you have the opportunity to create your own stories. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm even watching now. Funny thing is, we, or we, um, it's just like some YouTubers that I follow that now are creating like their own episodic work, mm-hmm. and watching their rise to do that is kind of like an amazing thing that I don't think that we um, had before. 
and it's still open for so many people to find that avenue to create their stories and to share their stories to a wider audience who can watch it for free. Right. You know, uh, I don't have to pay a Netflix subscription. All I have to do is go to YouTube and mm. click it and watch it. Right. Um, it's so instant, but it it's still good content because it's a true story coming from someone else. Right. Um, and then it offers everyone the ability to do it. Yeah. And I think, like, that's, that's an opportunity that we have nowadays. That's real. So that might go into, like, the, the grinding question. So, like, mm-hmm. in terms of, like... Creating, creating your own work or um, these opportunities. What does grinding mean to you? So you come from like sports. You have the work ethic. You have the talent to match. So it's just a matter of time before you get that role offered to you. That you know all this kind of stuff. What does grinding mean to you, as an artist, as a person? Grinding does mean hard work, and but I think it's a spectrum of grinding that I don't know if we allow ourselves to experience the full uh, instance. The crazy thing is, I just left a play yesterday, and one line stuck out with me. I don't think, no, no, it, was, it wasn't a line, it was, it was a couple of lines, but it referenced a Whitney Houston song. I think it's All the Man That I Need, and the line was, oh my God, um, my, I hope I don't get it wrong. Um, the line was, I used to think love had to hurt to be right. Ooh. And... In the play, they use it to describe, like, they, they go deeper into how we're always, we were always taught or we always felt that something had to be wrong mm-hmm. or something had to be hurtful to gain something in the end. And I thought it was just so profound, especially for minorities and, and black people in general. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of, a lot of us... Have ha, have this mindset of like we have to hurt mm. to get it. We have to go through pain. We have to go through the struggle. And I think when people define grinding, it's always struggle mm-hmm. is tagged to it. Like I'm out here struggling. I'm out here grinding. Mm-hmm. And it's like these two are not synonymous. Right. And they shouldn't be because grinding also incorporates therapy it incorporates meditation it incorporates rest when we think of people who work out yeah you specifically have days of arms legs core but you also have rest days Mm -hmm. um and i think like that is something that doesn't like reside very hard in grinding for me grinding does work hard and work specific yeah you can't, I think of it um, also like if we're in a boxing match, someone can go in and swing all the haymakers in the world. Mm-hmm. And eventually you might win a couple of bouts. But it's the specific striker that usually wins. Right. And that's, that's what you're trying to be. So when you're grinding, make sure that you're specifically working towards things that make you better. Right. And then also know that rest is a part of your work to get that back. I learned that also in grad school. It was early on the first couple weeks it was just a grind every day. Like every day I had rehearsal just to get it up for the next week. I was like oh okay 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 and I was just exhausted after like a month of grad school. Right. 
and I and I sat down and I was like, you know, I'm just gonna take a day every week. Every week I'm gonna take a day and I'm gonna tell my class like, hey, don't call me for no work on Sunday. Uh-huh. And that was the day I took. I was like, Sunday, we can rehearse all through the week, but Sunday, right. don't call me on no stuff. Right. I'm gonna sit there and I'm gonna I'm gonna do what I need to do at, on that day and. I think that needs to be implemented in grinding. So grind specific and grinding also includes soft things that are good to you. That's facts. Even God took a day off. Even God took a day off. So that's facts. So top three memories um, at Columbia grad school. Um, Oh my gosh. Uh, The first one would have to be let me give oh I'm so sorry I need to rewind back I referenced a play and I did not re- reference the playwright uh, his name is Jeremy O'Brien shout out to him um, I just couldn't go by without saying yeah. uh, so first first one would be for color girls we went through the first year and we did all these works and the second year was starting and we felt as if we weren't doing a lot of uh black works mm-hmm. and things that spoke to us and we wanted to try to do something that that filled our souls right and this one professor Andre Saban he he sat down with us and he was like alright for this project everybody else is going to do this and y'all can do uh, for colored girls and now he said it and in my class I had, I had three black women I was the only black male and so when he said it I was so happy I was elated for them right. because I'm like you know for colored girls it does not have any men in right. <laughs> like the play doesn't um, and so I was like but it, it still brought me joy because I was like I'm going to be able to see it and so I went to another group trying to get involved and the three lovely black women of my class, let me give them shout outs, Hope Ward, Alinka Hamilton, uh, Tiffany Small, Tiffany Small Henderson, let me give her a whole name. Um, and they came up to me and they were like, yeah, you can be, you can be a part of it. We'll figure out how to use the language and the poetry mm-hmm. to incorporate you in some of our stories. And so what we did, we created scenes with some of the monologues that were in it or some of the poetry pieces and when we performed it for the class and even when we had an open presentation of it it was just it was just a moment of elation Mm -hmm. it was like all of this work that we had done at that point of time in grad school we put into it and we put our heart and we put our soul into it and to watch them kill it was like words can't even describe it man it was just like yeah this is it this is it this is what happens when somebody does work that's for them and when their voices are heard and everyone has to listen um second I got chewed out oh it's crazy that yeah yeah, (laughs) it's crazy that this is one of my top (laughs) memories but it is because it it just brought up it was a lesson that i needed 
um, it was this one performance where we were doing the Greeks and I was playing Apollo and I, it was a two-person scene. I was playing Apollo and my classmate was playing Death. And my professor had this idea of me coming in dancing because I'm not saying like I'm a great dancer, but I can right. move well to music. Right, right. Um, and so they knew this and they were like, yeah, so Freddie, you just come in, do what you do yeah. for this one rehearsal. So I came in, I did like a little thing to this piece of music and they were like, yes, exactly that. A week goes by and we're doing like a rehearsal for this thing. At this point in time, I haven't rehearsed this dance because <laughs> the first rehearsal that we had, it wasn't practice. It was just improvised. So I was like, this is what you wanted. So I'm just going to improvise the dance. And right after the dance I have a monologue to say and it's about two pages so I was like okay I need to practice that we get to it and I'm like we get to the day we go in and it's about 15 minutes uh, of rehearsal I walk in and I'm like I'm just going just going wing blah, 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 wing it wing yeah. it music starts I start three steps into it no what are you doing and I'm like what? What is happening? No, do it again. Uh-huh. Came in, do it again. Freddie, what is your problem? And it and it was like so poignant and I couldn't, it wasn't like, I didn't receive it as you coming at me and I guess it also comes from, they're, they're from Romania and it also sounded like a football coach. So <laughs> me, I was like, I deserve this uh-huh. because I also didn't rehearse. Right, right. So I was like, what, what, what am I doing wrong? And eventually it got to the point, again, 50-minute rehearsal, I swear, 42 minutes was spent on getting this dance perfect. And afterwards, I was like, oh, never again. Never again is somebody going to catch me slipping of something that I need to do for a show or for or bringing in for a rehearsal because I now understand that I'm not just wasting my time because during the whole time I was looking at my partner who wasn't even a part of the dance. Yeah, yeah. I was like, I'm wasting their time. Right, right, right. They have to sit this entire time and watch me because I didn't do my work. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was... And third was getting casted as Brutus and Julius Caesar for... Um, uh, the play that we did in uh, Classic Stage Company that was also tagged with the Act Young program at that time. Yeah. Um, it was crazy because I didn't, I didn't expect it. Like you know, auditioning. Like okay, boom, got called back for it. Mm-hmm. Audition, audition, and come in, audition, and everything goes like all right. Got a call back. Go through that, and I'm just like, oh. They might do that. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. And it was before, what was it, Christmas break. Mm-hmm. I get an email, cast list. And it was my name next to Brutus. And I was like, oh, my God, I got so many lines. That was my first response. I was like, oh, my Such God. Road, I got. <laughs> That's a, but I understand where you're coming from. Though. You know, the first thing, you're like, oh, shoot, what? And so receiving that. At first, but then tag into the Act Young program, we get to go into uh, schools in the community, like yeah. high schools and high schools and middle schools in the community, right. and like teach them about Shakespeare. And then they um, have tickets to come to matinee performances. Right. And I remember as I was as I was going through it, and I was I was scared. 
again, one of my classmates took me to the side. It was Tiffany. And she was like, you know, you got to know that you're going to go into these uh, communities and these black students are going to be able to look at you. And you were their first Brutus. Like the cat in the hat? Like, exactly. And so when she said that, I'm not going to lie. I teared up. I'm emotional. That was me. And I was like, dang, that hit me. And so then I went into... I went into my class and I was teaching and I also was nervous of telling them like who I was because when we first did the breakdown, you know how most like younger kids is like Brutus a snitch. Yeah. Brutus is Brutus ain't nothing. Brutus fake and all this. And I was like, Well, I ain't gonna tell y'all. And so the next uh next day that I was with them, they were like, Hey Freddie, so what role are you playing? And I was like, about to sidestep it but I had a, a co-teacher and she was like oh Freddie's Brutus and I looked I was like what why would you tell these yeah, people yeah. that and they was like you the fake one but you ain't fake oh. and so then we had to have like an entire discussion of like what I thought Brutus was and what uh, like why Brutus was meant to be in the place that he was supposed to be and like right. the com- the like why he was so conflicted yeah, yeah. like his decisions were never easy Right. Um, and and when that was broken down, they were like, bro, we can't wait to see you do this. And I remember the day they came. First of all, you know how you're nervous when your family comes because you don't want to yeah. mess up in front of your family. I was super nervous in front of these kids. Yeah. I was like, oh, my God. This is going to be their <laughs> first time seeing Shakespeare. Please, Freddie, don't mess up. And I come down these stairs for my first entrance. It's like these spiral stairs. And they're on the side of the stairway. Oh, so I come down and like instantly they like start cheering just oh, when I came. And I kid you not, again, I'm emotional. I had to hide some tears in that moment because I was oh. like, oh my goodness. But it was, it was amazing. And I think that, yeah, that's three. That's, that's three. beautiful, man. Golly. That's beautiful. <laughs> So you fast too, man. You're such an interesting person to me. So you, you do the poetry, mm. um, some beautiful stories. Art means so much to you, but you also fast. Um, you have a shirt on right now. It says "Spiritual Gangster." I love it. <laughs> um, what is your experience of fasting, and what types have you done, and why are they important to you? Oh, um, wow! I think it goes into we always hear this quote of like "You are what you eat," mm-hmm. and I take it a little further. I take it like "You are what you ingest." Yeah, yeah. Um, not saying like anything that you eat is wrong. Mm-hmm. It's just the knowledge of what you take into yourself. So that means um, what you watch, mm-hmm. what you read, and all of that. You are that. Mm-hmm. That is what will come out of your mouth, um, and come out of your heart. Right. Like because that will be your, the first thing on your brain, and so sometimes I find myself maybe I, I don't think over overwhelmed is not the correct word, so I'm going to use overweighted. Using quotation marks right there because this is probably the wrong context to use that word too. Um, mm, overcome that is overcome with the weight of everything that we are experiencing. In terms, like, um, in social ter- media. yeah, social media. Or even the thoughts of, oh my God, what am I going to eat today? What mm-hmm. is this happening? What is this? And so during those times, I have to find a way back to me or like the God in me or to mm-hmm. get me closer to the creator. And I find it easy if I, if I can remove something. Let me have a social media fast. Let me also, let me, let me cut out 
these forms of meats in my life. So then when I think about food, it's only a couple places that I can go or a couple things that I can get. And when I go to the grocery store, if I just buy a whole lot of like spinach or things like that, it's just like using this over and over again. It takes that thought away from me and I can focus just back on me and use that time again going back to the grinding thing to rest to meditate to pray even um just to get right Mm -hmm. i think fasting and just taking that time it allows me to come back to me so often in this career we find ourselves trying to create another person for somebody else Mm -hmm. like who do i have to be to be received in the likes of this person right but I don't think we do that same thing for ourselves. That's facts. And, that's wisdom, man. And I think like that's what it does for me. It's fire. So what has been one of your favorite characters to create and why? Goodness. I, I know you, I didn't see this, but I remember when I first met you, you said you did a play where you were on stage for like an hour. Or like there was something that you did for Columbia where you oh. just, that, I'm not saying that's your, your, your favorite, but I just got to shout that out because this man was on stage <laughs> I forget how long you said it was, but like an hour or two or something like that. Just you. And that's not easy to do. So oh, my God. Give respect to that. That was that was amazing. That was a piece that was written um, based off uh, Between the World and Me, which was an amazing book. Um, and the thought process was to split up um, the book. Uh, the book details how being a father a black father for a black son is just how hard it is and so from that they created an entire piece of this father being in the room by himself writing a letter to his son and then in the next room you get to see the son's response and I played the son and it was just a continuous piece for I think we went for three and a half hours three hours that's what yeah yeah and But it was just, it was one of the most amazing things ever because being in that room, you find different things. Mm -hmm. Because it's the same speech that you're repeating over and over again because it was was a letter and only a couple people were coming in at a time. So it wasn't about connecting with the people. It was something completely different. It was just about really connecting with the words. And each time I said it, I I had to connect in a different way or I would get lost in my own head. Right, right. I thank you for bringing that up because I think that is. That's your favorite? Are you sure? No, no. I wanna, I wanna, yeah, let, you, let it you're be. right. Okay. Recently, um, I was a part of a production um, that we titled The Woman and the Man. And it was um, these two pieces that we put together, Funny House of the Negro and The Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World. And I was in The Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World. And I played Black Man with Watermelon, which is seen as the lead. And... Doing that role at the beginning of this year has changed me so much, mm-hmm. taught me so much because if anyone has read the piece, it's not worded in um, standard English. Okay. Um, but it's so it's so beautiful, and the way that uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Page was our director, and the way that we broke it down and all the people that worked on it I like I love the cast so much like we always hang out and we're mm-hmm. still close today and it's just because the moments that we had and the breakthroughs that we had in that moment it was it was mind blowing and like spirit fulfilling that's awesome yeah that's the best kind of art man 
Who's the playwright on that? Just in case anybody, because I've actually never heard of that play. Oh, Death of the Last Black Man in the Whole Entire World was written by uh, Susan Lord Parks. Oh, got it, got it. Oh, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes. Um, okay, so what does it truly mean to support those winning around you, and why is that important to you? That support, you, you mentioned it prior in, the, in this interview, actually. You mentioned um, you know, how Robert Townsend and people like that had not only successful in their own right, but influenced everybody else around them. So that's, I feel like that's a sort of um, supporting those winning around you. Is that mm-hmm. what does that mean to you? I think it goes into friendship and it goes into love with me. I think we, it's so many times that we are around people that are friends with us waiting for us to make it. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that that's friendship. Right. I don't think it is I want you to receive so much and me to be right there with my hands out to catch. Mm-hmm. Um, a true friend is there to support you when you are successful, even if that doesn't mean a benefit or success for me. Mm-hmm. Because you winning is success. Right. I think coming here and being a part of the community that, that I am in has allowed me to meet more people that do art in an extraordinary manner mm-hmm. that I'm so happy for. So many people that I've bumped into, like I, I remember us doing a reading and I remember hearing your work and even the work of the brothers that were on it and I was just like, yeah. oh my goodness, I'm so inspired just to be in this room. You know, and so if I'm inspired by being in this room, I can't imagine if you go to a grander stage who you would inspire. Because it's not just about me trying to be the black cat in the hat for my vision. There are other black cats in the hats, you know. And so, like, if if I am around those people that I'm like, you know what? Little Freddie would have enjoyed seeing you on stage. You would have inspired me. I know if you go somewhere else. You're going to inspire some kid that looks exactly like you that needs to be doing this in the future. Right. Um, yeah, and I, I think, like, that that's true friendship. And I think that is a thing that, that starts an entire forest fire. Yeah. It's not about me being a fire, and it's not about my friends even being a fire, but we can, we can collectively find our different niches if I only bring a stick to the campfire that doesn't make my stick less worthy right you know yeah. we we all gonna get lit at the end of the day um we just trying to find warmth that's and nice. and I think like that's a thing that we have to connect with and so it's crazy because I'm, I'm watching like a lot of people rise and I'm so hype about supporting them. It's just like, oh, you doing this show? Let me go and leave and just like, bruh, I saw you not as not as me now, but as as the kid me that didn't even that didn't think that this could be his life. Right. This little kid from Little Rock, Arkansas, that never thought that he could be in New York City. That kid is so happy to be here and so happy to be friends with somebody who is killing the game like you killing the game. Yeah. And that's and that's what it is. That's what it is about. Because one day, if we all not if, I don't wanna say ifs, when mm-hmm. we all get to that level, the what we will do to the next generation it's gonna be phenomenal. 
It's a beautiful, man. I just want to take a moment to take that. This is totally off script, but I, I want to acknowledge, like, your words are so poetic, and there's such wisdom. And I, just, just, I feel like you're the kind of actor who needs to make it because your acting comes from a, a sense of wanting to give to other people. And I think the world needs more of that. So I just want to acknowledge that. All right, you don't have to respond or anything, but I think that's just, I think that's dope for you. Acting is not, it's not me, 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 look at me on stage. It comes from a place of giving. And I think that that's beautiful, for real. That, that's that's a uh, word up, for real. Um, I already told you I was emotional, and then yeah. you'll hit me with something like <laughs> oh, that. <laughs> no, I'm just, I'm, just, I'm, just being, I'm just being real, yeah. man. Just, you know, because I think, I, I, I respect and admire artists like that, because I'd like to think I'm an artist like that as well. Um, I see know, it. Um, when so when you think of the word creative, that I ask all my guests this: mm. um, Who comes to mind for you and why? Comes to mind. I think of people that inspired me when I was a kid. So I go to like Erica Badu. I go to Missy Elliott. I go to Andre Three Thousand. I go to. Um, poor families that put eggs and ramen noodles and say this is gourmet you know like it's it's stuff like that because uh-huh. most of the people that i know that are really creative came from a place where they had to create yeah you know you have to make that something different right because that's the life that you live and and just to i don't know that experience is is something that that's fine so shout out to everybody doing it and everybody's still doing it because i mean like we are here in new york and i understand rent is high it's it's too damn high it's too (laughs) (laughs) i would agree with those people and and so no but i think like that's what comes to mind that's fire man so where can people connect with you i know a lot of people listening there might be um a little freddie in arkansas listening to this um, who is totally inspired? Where where can people connect with you? I know you take social media cleanses sometimes, oh but uh, you have websites, uh, YouTube. Where you at? Let me tell you, uh, I'm on all the social media apps. No, I don't want to say all because you know new ones get made every day. Yeah. So uh, Facebook, Freddie Fulton, Instagram, Freddie Fulton. Um, I I I probably like give you my email so you can put it out there. It's Right now, working on my website is in the works. I had to like go take it down to put it back in works, mm-hmm. so that will come back. And that's just how to connect with me. I, I like to also text people and call people and meet up with people. So if you want lunch, let's go to lunch. I like food. All right, <laughs> there we go, Freddie Fulton, brother. Brother, thank you so much. Yes.